Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. And I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's always going great, David. Not as great as when we're in my husband's, uh, you know, van doing the podcast. That's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, after two weeks of we took after taking the podcast on the road, we are back in the uh, <laughs> com- comfy confines of our own home. Uh, we're recording early in the week um, to have the spring. This won't go up till Friday like we usually do, but recording uh-huh. early in the week to to make sure we have our spring game thoughts fresh. Uh, we were both there on Saturday, um, and I, I figured we'd kind of break things down into to the things we learned from the game, the things we knew and still know kind of like the, you know, the, the stuff you were never going to get out of the spring game and we still feel confident about. And then the things we don't know, the things we're still, they'll be answered. Not maybe not until the season starts. Um, certainly now we've got a, a little while Miami, Miami obviously going now uh, a little time off. They'll go into their summer program. Um, you know, I, I think overall, just what, what were kind of your overall impressions of the, the spring to me, my thoughts, at least coming off the game were, you know, kind of, not super exciting, right? Like it, they didn't show anything like they kind of said they would. And, and it obviously limited, like there weren't like big plays or anything or anything like too crazy. But I think the right. overall impression of the spring is like, you know, the obviously a, a lot of culture building was kind of the common theme and the message that, that they were all putting out. And I mean, you could definitely, I think, see that from practice. Um, but yep. what, what were your kind of overall thoughts on, on the spring and maybe the spring game a little bit before we dive into the categories? Um, I had great overall thoughts on the spring in general. Um, like, like we've said a lot, tons of energy. Great. It seemed like it appeared like great teaching, uh, you know, a yeah. lot of teaching, um, a lot of focus by the players, really. Um uh, really fun animated practices from what you know from what we saw um yeah. just just felt like you just you felt after those practice sessions that these guys are getting better no matter what they're getting better um and um uh, you know and that that was it i mean very good thoughts on spring uh, overall thoughts on um on the spring game was you know v- vanilla kind of boring yeah. I, I mean, I, that's, to be. yeah exactly we didn't we didn't think it would be anything really different um uh you know they just didn't show anything and and tyler there were there were a few drops and um you know especially with tyler and uh i don't i i think tyler is my overall thoughts is he's going to be really good again. I don't see any difference now. It all depends on the, the hurricanes, you know, to surround him. Uh, We didn't also, we didn't, a lot of kids were hurt. Yeah. To me, the the two things that that like kind of stood out from camp are like you said, all the energy, the teaching stuff. And then the fact that just with some of the injuries and guys missing and guys, right. You know, we, we, yeah. I think Barry wrote about this, our colleague Barry Jackson wrote about this after the game. Like we were really not seeing the 2022 Miami Hurricanes this spring. Right, we exactly. Half of the, you know, there, there, there might have been, we were trying to list off just in the press box, like how many potential starters are missing. And it like right. every time we finish the list, we're like, oh, and this guy too. Like there were like by the end of spring, like 10 potential 
10 guys who might start a game at some point uh, this year missing from, so, so yeah, I mean, it was a little hard to get, get judgment, which is why I think for both of us, we, we were more interested to see the, the broader cultural kind of takeaways. Yes, um, for sure. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's dive into these categories. Um, we will start with what we learned. Um, like you said, not, not all, I don't really have any like big, like mind blowing things written down on my list. Um, just kind of a lot of, of smaller things. Um, obviously, like we said, some of the injuries in the spring game, I think gave a good opportunity for, for some younger guys and to, um, you know, the coaching staff obviously knows what some of these guys could do, but a chance for the fan base and for us to really see them in action for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's start though with the quarterbacks, which always get the spotlight. Um, like you said, Van Dyke, we'll get to him in the, what we know, uh, category of this, because as you said, he still looks very good. Um, but both backups, I thought were, were pretty interesting to watch. Jake Garcia to me does not look super far off from Tyler Van Dyke. Again, like it's totally different in the spring game opposed to a regular game where, um, you know, they're really trying to defense is really trying to confuse you and all that kind of stuff. Right. But just in terms of like how comfortable they looked in the pocket and how comfortable, you know, arm talent, certainly like they don't seem super far off, which is I think kind of the, the sense we've had, honestly, the sense we've had going back to last year um, before Jake got hurt. I mean, it's, it's like, it's easy to forget now that until that injury, like we were very like Jake Garcia might've done what Tyler Van Dyke did. Like he was, he had, I think he was clearly the third stringer, but it's not like he was super far off. Um, and, and with some of those, rough first halves Tyler had in the first games uh, last year, we, we might've seen Jake Garcia last year. And I think it, the, the difference as good as Tyler is like Jake is not, he's not like a, he's not your typical backup, I guess we should say. No, he's no, he looks really impressive. Also. Um, he's, he seems smart and uh, focused and, and great arm. And yeah, he's got a can. Um, I mean, Tyler's got a good arm too. But Jake, I, I feel, I mean, I'm, I'm not tracking this, but it seems like just the velocity he throws with is kind of like on a different level. It's ma- amazing. But I mean, but Tyler also, I, I know I said standing behind that net yeah. in practice when they're throwing it straight into the end zone, into, you know, to receivers. Um, wow. I mean, it looks like it would like break all your fingers. That's what it appears to be. All, both of them. Um so Jake, yeah, that's, that's really big. I, you know, God forbid something happens to Van Dyke. Um, you have to feel really good with Jake and he seems real composed, right? Uh, yeah. He, he right. seems like a kid like, that's composed and smart and will learn from his mistakes when he makes mistakes. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I mean, they have two really good um uh, could be starters. I mean, Tyler's going to start, but two, two kids that could could do the job quite well, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Like if if Derek had just not gotten hurt last year and played the whole season. Oh, like imagine this spring, it would have been the Jake versus Tyler competition, and right. Um, you know, like I said, like Tyler is clearly ahead. He has that game experience now. Um, but again, Tyler or Jake is you know, there's a reason, like I said, it, it would have, it could have been a competition in, in a million different alternate parallel universes. It would, it, this could be a competition right now. 
Um, Jakari Brown, also our first real look at him, uh-huh. <laughs> other than obviously in, in a little bit in practice here and there. Uh, you wrote about him on Monday. Um, and, you know, he didn't do a whole lot. He fumbled once. He threw an interest. He kind of looked like a freshman, but he looked like, a, I mean, his size is, we've said a lot, stands out. And this is the first time we really got to see him, like, run. And he's like, he's got the agility, right? They're, they're the blend of that size and that agility is really rare. Yes. And, you know, like he, like he told us, uh, like he told us late last week, their, their last practice at Green Tree. So it was our last mm-hmm. interview or, that he, he felt like he had spider senses, <laughs> uh, but spider senses, you could take it both ways. I, he kind of meant, you know, that he gets a little spooked when people are come nearby, you know, uh-huh. and he takes off and, and, you know, and maybe he wants to learn to stay in the pocket and throw, but that happens to all freshmen. Yeah. And, 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 and especially freshmen who are good at running. So, right. They take off whatever. I mean, De'er, remember De'Eric said the same thing a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's he, the biggest challenge that comes with being one of those athletic running quarterbacks is exactly. Yeah. Is when, how do you balance? It's the hardest balance to strike that there is basically. Yeah, And I, and, and, you uh, know, and J- uh, um, um, Jakari uh, did not, I mean, you know, think about it just at the very end, like the last few days, couple days, maybe of spring practice, did he get an opportunity to do some 11 on 11s and stuff with the, with the second team. Right. And not even the first team, I think the second team and they would, they took out Tyler for, gave him a rest for a little bit, very little bit, and then let Jake do the first team stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so Jakari didn't even, I mean, he didn't really even have a chance too much to be on 11, on 11, right. 11 with the, with the first, well, none with the first team, but with, with the, the first. Team. Yeah. And he with ran the with, the, I think he ran with the twos when he was in, uh, yeah, the twos. in the spring game. Yeah. Yeah. With, <laughs> yeah, with, with the better players. And so, I mean, this was really, and then all of a sudden he's thrown in front of the crowd and, yeah. and all that. And, and I think he was three for six or something like that. I think that's what I wrote. I, but and 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 the funny thing is that he ran a handful of times, maybe maybe five times, and got like one run. But the but the truth is, no, oh, I think he was three for six for fifteen yards. Yeah. The the truth is, like the one yard isn't really indicative because you could see him zigzag. You could yeah. See I mean, his first carry, it was like maybe his first play. It was definitely his first series. He had right. a run where he went to his right and kind of like stutter stepped and then cut to his right and yes, looked like exactly. he had like a 10-yard gain. Um they called him, I think, to Corey Couch or Gilbert Frierson, one of those guys. One of those like nickel guys touched him right at the line of scrimmage. They blew it dead, but it was a play that it looks like, you know, you never know, but at full speed it looked like he was gonna kind of shake uh the linebacker and um, yeah. pick up like 10 yards or whatever. And like he's he's got that that shimmy to him that like the the stuff that you know, that's what you're looking for in a spring game more than the stats, obviously, is is those flashes, those doing the right thing, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, exactly. And, the, and, and remember the play, you know, I, I wrote this too, you know, remember because of the turnovers, he, th- he threw an interception that, that caromed off the, caromed off J- new defensive tackle, Jake Lichten, Lichtenstein's yep. arms and into the arms of James, safety James Williams. That was an interception. And then, he was, there was also a strip sack by Cyrus Moss. Mm-hmm. He was sacked. 
and and fumbled. Okay, um, so because of that, and and because every time he was defenders even got close to these quarterbacks, they would just call the play dead. Right. So he only got one net yard on the handful of runs, but really you could you could tell, you know, you could tell he's he he would be really good yeah. in that aspect and and his and he only threw it six times and let's face it again we knew he just he was nerve i'm guaranteed yeah his this. his first throw sailed i remember i uh, yes. yes. went like 20 <laughs> yards high or something yeah. like but think about you know what think about uh tyler van dyke yeah like i said his first two halves of his first his first games against like real competition were pretty rough um, so, you know, nothing surprising from, but Jikari. the, but the great thing, nothing surprising and, you know, just a, just a lot of good things in the future. I think, yeah. uh, you know, if, if he stays healthy, but you know, the great thing about Tyler is he, he learned really fast. Yes. Like he, he cleaned up the stuff that he did wrong fast. So in the start of the season, spring game. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jakari, right. The things you were looking for, like you knew he was going to like sail some throws or take a bad sack or throw. Right. You just knew he was going to do that kind of stuff. The stuff right. you were looking for is how does that size and that agility look, you know, cause he could dominate high school competition with those natural gifts. How does that look when he stacks up against a ACC defense and he didn't look out of place, right? He looked like a, a college football player already. And, that and, and agree. And he also, He's a, he seems like a real mature kid. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he already, he told us last week, he said that uh, he's not, I'm not ready to play now. He came right out and said it. I love that. I'm not ready. Obviously I'm not ready to play now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to develop myself, be the best man I can be. Once I get to that point, then it's time to compete. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And you, that's, that's a nice thing when you have a good stable quarterback room, like Miami does now is you can get a guy like Chikari Brown and not worry about, does he need to play right away? You know, his, he was never like, he wouldn't start probably for most programs um, right now, even bad program. Like it would be hard um, or you'd be in a bad, bad shape, but his ceiling is just massive when you look at at what he can do and his size and all that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, The other uh, two other things stood out on offense. Well, the running backs, uh, we obviously, yeah. kind of we didn't talk much about them in the spring because with Cheney and Knight now, we were just like, all right, these are the two backups. Um, well, they, you know, in the vanilla game plan, like you said, we saw a lot of Thad Franklin, a lot of Henry Parrish. Um, Thad Franklin looks, I mean, last year he was a really effective short yardage guy. And uh, we talked to him last week, I think that was. And, you know, he said he's slimmed yeah. down. You can tell he's like noticeably in better shape. Um, and you can see just moving a lot better. Um, and then Henry Parrish, I mean, he just, he looks, you know, he's, he's a little small compared to a guy like Cheney, I think. Yeah. He does. Um, yeah. But he's good. I mean, they've got, they got four, I think four running backs who can all contribute next year. And we saw two of them, you know, again, a lot of guys missing on both sides of the ball. So I don't want to like act like that was a, you know, that's not what the defense they're going to face against Texas A&M is going to look like. Um, but right. those are four guys who all look like they can like hold more than hold their own this year. Obviously, I think we we knew obviously with Cheney and Knighton, Parrish did it a little bit in the SEC, so not a surprise. Um, and then Thad Franklin, I think, can be more than just a short yardage guy. We saw. Yeah, I agree. Different styles, different body types. 
I really, I, I, I've always liked Pat Franklin, so um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he did well. And um, yep, I think, I think it's, again, it's only going to help and we have to see how, how much the other guys have, have come back, you know, especially uh, Cheney had a major knee injury. So that's always, uh, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, those two guys have been in the red non-contact for most of spring. Um, I saw Knighton was that you know, a lot. Most of the injured guys were there in pads and like going through warmups and stuff. I didn't see Cheney actually. I don't want to. That doesn't mean he wasn't there. I, I didn't see. Uh -huh. him. I was watching the running backs for a little bit. Knighton was there, right? Um, and Trevante Citizen was actually there also watching on the sidelines. Yeah, he was um, the one. I yeah. I mean, who knows how he's going to be? Yeah, and he was. You know, he's one of the biggest recruits they have coming in. Um, exactly. So. You know, the, I mean, think of how much they had to run a night into the ground by the end of last season with those injuries. Like, you know, if it was a lot of injuries and that could happen again, but it feels like Miami is going to be it already. It looks like solidly four deep. And if you assume Trevante citizen is at least good enough to uh, like use in an emergency five deep at that running back spot with, you know, a bunch of guys who are like, uh, you know, like Cheney or Knight. And if they were to get, a huge workload next year. They could be all ECC type guys. And, and then, you know, who knows if Parrish uh, we'll see obviously in the fall. Um, and then again, Franklin, just, he's a role, like a great role player, I think for this team. So yeah, they're gonna, you know, um, Josh Gaddis wants to run the ball more than Brett Lashley did. And it helps to have four plus guys to, to rotate in there more carries to go around probably this year than there have been the last couple of years where it felt like it was hard to get, more than two guys into the game at any given time. Uh, other, one other observation I had on offense, it's a smaller one because ultimately this guy's probably going to be just third string, but uh, Khalil Brantley was really good um, and looks yeah. like, um, you know, maybe like the number, you know, the, the I think assuming Mallory is, is healthy for the start of the season, um, mm -hmm. which it seems to be the indications that he'll, be ready at some point um who knows how much of fall camp he'll miss and how that could affect things but you know they've got mallory um and they've got elijah arroyo obviously and then that third position the third tight end spot was kind of felt like it was a little up for grabs down memorelli in there a little bit obviously jaleel skinner um mm -hmm. has massive upside and, and another guy who just looks the part already um but uh khalil brantley just like really reliable seems like he's a good blocker um you know, he feels kind of like the – I think I said it last week that, like, Jaleel Skinner can be Will Mallory's backup, right? And that – because those are guys of similar body types. Khalil Brantley feels like he can kind of be Elijah Arroyo's backup, similar body types, similar type players. Um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised to see him him play well. And he's, he's a guy – I mean, I think you're the same way. Like, just like true Kane, right? Like, it's fun to watch those guys do well. Those guys who really want to be Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, definitely. And Khalil is – he's – well, I don't know if he is quiet. I, I know I interviewed him before he came to UM and he was very nice. And uh, yeah. um, I, I guess he, he's, his contribution has been uh, under the radar. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, he didn't play very much last year, if at all. Um, no, but I mean, just even we haven't heard, you know, nobody really talked about him. Oh, ever. right. Yeah. You know, this spring. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That was a real pleasant surprise. And he, he had, you know, uh, he was the leading tight end Saturday with three catches for 42 yards. And he had 
the 26 yard catch and run. That yeah. Ben, the longest he, play of the day. I longest think, right? play of the game. Yeah. So that was that I agree with you. That was really promising, especially with Will Mallory, who, as we reported, you know, injured his shoulder, his left shoulder, mm-hmm. he was in the sling, you know, on the sideline, yeah. his left shoulder. So, uh, um, um, we just hope that he, he's, he's such a team guy and, and such a leader. I just, I hope he gets well soon. Yeah. That's like, like running back tight end is a position where guys get hurt, right? They're banging a lot. They're um, right. So, so having being three deep there and maybe more again, like I think Don Manorelli has always been a really solid blocker um, and Skinner, <laughs> like we said, big upside there, but Brantley being that kind of complete package, I think will help a lot. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know how often we saw three tight ends on the field at the same time with Rhett Lashley. Like they don't run that kind of classic goal line stuff. Um, I, I don't know if Gaddis will run any of that, but they've got three, I think options now. I remember a couple of years ago, didn't Larry Hodges catch like a couple tight ends catch a couple type touchdowns out of those like goal line sets. So um, couple touchdowns is only two receptions. It was only two tight, right. He had two catches <laughs> in the year and both were touchdowns, I think. So like, I don't know, maybe that's Khalil Brantley's role, but I think you can do a little bit more than <laughs> two. Yeah. Um, on defense, uh, we touched on it a little bit. Cyrus Moss, like the wow. practice yeah. that come away from him, like that guy's so skinny. Um, he is skinny. <laughs> he is skinny, but he had two sacks in the spring game. Um, you know, they keep hyping him up. I mean, you can see like the agility and the quickness and all. Like, it, it's not surprising that he flashes these plays. Um, you know, I, I don't know how he would have been able to. I guess he stripped Jakari Brown on the one sack. So that's pretty good. He's got those long arms. I don't know yeah. if he would have been able to tackle uh, Jakari Brown very easily. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he he popped, and I think they said he's gained what like 15 pounds already since getting to campus. Um, you know, if he adds another 15 in the summer or something, that that defensive end competition is wide open, and maybe he can he can find a way to contribute, even if it's in small bursts, the way some freshmen do. Um, but yeah, you could you could see the upside with him, and that was fun to see. Yep, he will, and he will gain. He'll all those guys. All those guys that start out yeah. as kind of thin, all of a sudden, you know, you look at them, you look at them a couple of years later and it's like, wow. Yeah. So, I remember Greg yeah. Rousseau, the way he grew in eight oh. months or whatever was crazy. But yeah, they said, I think they said Cyrus weighed in at 199 when he got to campus and now he's kind of like 210, 215 in that range. If yeah. that, if like, and he still looks really skinny. So like he can add a ton of weight and, you know, some you like that, right? When a guy is heavy but looks still slim, um, yeah. Like he could get. It feels like he could get to like two hundred thirty-five pounds and still like move really well. So that's like that's like even though totally different position. But Jakari Brown, they list as six four and two ten, but mm-hmm. he, right? He looks he he looks kind of big, and he he probably could put on then another ten pounds. Yeah. Huh? and 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 still have that quickness but yeah let's right. i mean that's that's almost the bigger thing once guys get in the weight program it's like turning the bad weight into good weight and all that kind of stuff and right so, uh but moss like he like the yeah. sky truly is the limit for a guy like that um last one i got is uh we actually it was that tuesday we talked to kevin Steele and he said the quarterbacks are the biggest surprise on the the field and um you know, again, we said very vanilla game plan uh, from the offense. But again, 
I don't think Miami completed a pass in the air longer than like 20 yards or something like that. Um, Like you said, longest play of the day was 26, only one passing touchdown. Um, The cornerbacks looked good and that's without Tyreek Stevenson out there either. Um, Isaiah Dunson made a really good play in the end zone on Frank Ladson. Um, Marcus Clark made a good play Uh, to Corey couch feels like, you know, they've, they've kind of had him talking to us a lot, which yeah, yeah, they like, did. I, I noticed that too. Good, good, good <laughs> sign, right? Like usually they only, they want the good players yeah. talking to us. They don't want guys who are maybe not going to play talking to us or guys who are, who are struggling. True. Um, and, you know, last year to Corey is pretty open about it. When we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, like nothing, he didn't do anything well last year. And it seems like he's trending back in that right direction. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing about to Corey talking to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you merit, we didn't, right. We got two quarterbacks. Mario and what we got to Corey and, and uh, Lichtenstein. Yeah. Who was fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I thought the same thing. Very, very nice. And then you've got, uh, and this is totally, this is specialties, but you got uh, Al Blades, which is so great. Oh yeah. I made it all. I, I kind of forgot about that. The awesome special teams play made. Yeah. Right. He, 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 he comes back, he, he down the ball near the goal line and yeah, like um, jumped into the end zone and great to swung see it out. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see. I love seeing him play. Uh, so yeah, that's real. And we, you know, we know that they've, that their safeties are super good. So, yeah. um, so that was really, uh, that was, a, that was definitely a plus. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with what we know and what we don't. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, we're back. Uh, what we know, we said it at the top. We know Tyler Van Dyke is good. And no matter, you know, he could have thrown like 15 interceptions on Saturday. I would still feel the same way, but uh, I mean, he looked, he looked really good again, right? He's, you know, some drop, not a lot of completions down the field. Keyshawn Smith had a a drop early on on probably Tyler's best throw of the day. Um, You know, he might miss Charleston Rambo and and Mike Harley a little bit Mm because those guys, especially Rambo was incredible last year, but uh, you know, he's got a, He's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, if not the country. Yeah, I we definitely know that. Of course, if he had 15 <laughs> picks, I, w- I wouldn't still be. <laughs> I just wanted to, let, for the record, let people know that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he de- for def- we definitely know that. And we, and we definitely know Gart. I, I know he hasn't pl- – I feel like I know he's good. So. Yeah, well, that's why I said we learned it, right? We, that was really, we still hadn't seen him a lot. All right, right. 
correct. But Tyler, we knew was good. good. He he didn't do anything to make me anything on Saturday to make me think he's not good anymore. Um, Meaning he doesn't, he doesn't over, he doesn't seem like that. He seems to have it in under control. Yeah. Like he's not trying to impress. You know, I asked him about that, about the Heisman talk and all Mm -hmm. that. And he's after, after the game. Um, It's it's tough now. Everybody's talking about him. So, um, so far so good. I think he's, I think he's pretty mature actually. Uh, and I think he'll be able to handle that well, uh, with that fancy new car he has. Yeah. He's, he's always had that quiet confidence, right? Like, what was it? The, remember he got like kind of not in trouble, but what was the NC state thing last year? Yeah. I don't know why, what, what did he say? Like we, that they would, they lost. Right. But he said that they would have, we should have seen those. Like we should have scored 50 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's always, you know. I, I think he, I think it was him who got asked after the game, like, what were you guys really showing? And he's like, not a whole lot. Like, you know, he was just making his reads, making the easy throws, took a couple shots deep early. Right. I think he would have liked to hit on one of those, maybe really get the crowd fired up. Um, but ultimately it was like, you know, Tyler Van Dyke of everyone on the field, he had the least to prove kind of right. Like yeah, everyone else control. is. I think the, the spring game was more like get let these other guys do some stuff, Tyler. We, yeah. we know what you can do. And I think the coaches really wanted him not to do anything. So, um, yep. Yeah. I mean, you could just see how often they ran the ball, all that kind of stuff. Like it was all geared around letting other guys kind of make their case. You know, there's, you know, quarterback, we keep saying Jake is really good and could be a starter, but like quarterback is one of, I don't know, five positions on the field, maybe where there's not a position battle. It doesn't feel like, um, I, so you know what, yeah, I, I, there. I have to say, I also think it was really good that, um, that Jake did not try to force it. And, and I, that, that, that they did not throw any interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah he took, like I say, he took those deep shots early overthrew Jacoby George on one of them. Then he had the one that hit Keyshawn. It would have been like kind of a diving, falling catch. Um, but yeah, like otherwise, like again, like he has nothing to prove. And right. he, uh, and it, you know, that's his, that's what makes him good is that he's like not this flashy, like trying to make the crazy play every time. You know, he can make those crazy plays because he's got that kind of arm strength and all that. But he's not, you know, there's a lot of great college quarterbacks who are great because they're you know johnny manzel right like they're scrambling and they're making the crazy throws and they're just mm-hmm. so talented that they can make it happen and tyler's right. got a lot of that talent but what makes him good is he's makes the smart decision too he's not you know he's not spinning all over the place and taking the deep shot every time he's you know right. he's making quick decisions that kind of thing mm-hmm. um another thing we know uh is the safety position is stacked as you said um yeah james williams uh, you mentioned had an interception, Avante Williams, um, just like quietly, really good. You know, a lot of tackles, I think, um, not like in the backfield or anything, but you can just tell. And that's, again, they're doing this without Cameron Kinchins. Um, and you mentioned Al Blades, who seemingly has moved to safety. I guess he could still potentially be cornerback, but it seems like safety is right. where he's going to wind up. Made the great play on special teams. Um, Gilbert Frierson, whatever we want to call him, had I think the best defensive play of the day on that fourth and one or fourth and two when he just timed the snap perfectly and blew up a 
uh, a play in the backfield on a short yardage run. Um, that that's the strength of the defense, I think certainly, which is not surprising. Um, but you know, they were kind of, again, the stars on, at least defensively, they were kind of the stars on, on Saturday. Uh, last thing I think we know is, and you know, he had one sack on Saturday and when the, you know, we, we talked about how little he played last year at seven and a half tackles for loss was tied for the team lead. Uh, Leonard Taylor has the highest ceiling on that defensive line. I think we don't know uh, who is going to start there. It still feels like after the spring game, it could be any combination of like eight different guys, but I oh. do know that, that Leonard Taylor is like their best hope to be like an all American, all conference type defensive lineman. And he's, ceiling. And, and he's young. I mean, yeah. Yeah. This will, right. This will be a second year. So, uh, he he had to did Leonard redshirt no he played in mo, like eight games or something I think he just didn't he did yeah he never started he didn't start at all no. he was like I, fifteen to twenty snaps a game and again like it kind of reminded me of freshman year Jared Harrison Hunt where it was like you're like why isn't this guy starting um, because of the tackles right. for loss and you know what he can do in that small sample size but. You know, still incomplete as a defensive lineman. I think he would acknowledge that. He knows he's got to get better. Um, but, you know, the just the twitchiness and how quickly he can get into the backfield and disrupt plays. Like, it's on a different level than everyone else on that defensive line. Now, we didn't see Jafari Harvey in the spring game. He's been getting a lot of rave reviews. Um, yeah. Looked like he was all of a with, sudden, I know. Some kind of injury. He was, with, he was there. He was with the injured group. Um, did not get an explanation for why, but. I know. <laughs> Uh, Leonard, Leonard Taylor is still like, you know, he, he's, has a chance to be a first round draft pick, right? It's like, it's not, obvi- it's not a surprise that he has the highest ceiling on this defensive line, but I, I felt like that going into the day. And uh, he confirmed my suspicions, I think on Saturday by making another, get, getting one of the few sacks uh, in that game too. Well, I, 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 I've got to do, I've got to put in a vote for, for Jacob Lichtenstein. Yeah. He looked great too. I I mean, to me, he looked fabulous. I said that before he he more than looked, he, he did, he was fabulous. Yeah. He had a sack. He had a fumble recovery on like a, a bad snap in the red zone that maybe didn't count, but whatever, we're counting it. Um, and then had the deflection, like you said, that led to the James Williams. Yeah, he was really good, and he's really smart. He's all over the place. He's big. Yeah, really good size. He's a. When really you stand big, next to him, he he's big. He's very impressively big, and he's smart. Yeah, and he's old, right? He's a fifth or maybe even sixth year senior now. I can't remember exactly. I think sixth. He's, he seems um, really, really smart, and and good and great to interview and a good player, a really nice surprise. I'm, I'm sorry. They only get one year from him. I really am. Um, but I think he, I think he's, I think he has a big chance of starting. Well, I think he could have two actually, because he missed a year. Uh, look, he probably could get a medical waiver for, um, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. I, I mean, he's oh, a I graduate. He, he's a, he is a fifth because I wrote about him last week. So I was trying to figure this out. He's a fifth year senior. He redshirted his first year at USC. Right. But then also missed a year due to injury. 
So he doesn't get that as a redshirt year, but a lot of times guys can apply for the medical redshirt for that year. Like I think didn't Zach McLeod maybe do someone did that recently um, retroactively. So again, he's, I'm sure he's only planning to be here one year and hopefully go to the NFL, but um, yeah, he's, I mean, he looked really good and just really steady. You can tell the coaches like him. Um, I, he feels like just reliable, right? Like, you know, again, we don't, didn't see Moultrie in the spring. Uh, no. Jared Harrison Hunt, who I love as a, as a player, um, missed the, the second half of spring with an injury. So, again, really incomplete up front. But, yeah, uh, Lichtenstein is – Lichtenstein, Stein, Stein. I think, is the, a favorite to start right now. Again, with the caveat that I have no idea what to expect from Moultrie and, and Harrison Hunt uh, once they get – Yeah, I mean, agree, but I, I – no, I, Mario has to be super impressed with him, you know, so with Lichtenstein. So, um, and Mario, you know, Mario being new, like everybody's new to him. Right. It's not like he developed any relationships with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I think he feels like a guy who's going to be in, involved a lot in the defense. Like he's just going to be reliable. He's going to be on the field when it matters most kind of, mm-hmm. um, what we don't know, I guess, sticking with the, the defensive line theme is just, I, I still have no idea how good this front seven can be. Um, and that is because, as I mentioned, they're missing those two defensive tackles. Mitchell Agude, Agude, I, we got to figure out how to pronounce that once, once he gets to campus, uh, was at the game. Uh, as he has very frequently been at practice over the last few weeks, um, but did not play. And he's probably a favorite to start at the defensive end spot opposite Jafar yeah. and Harvey. Yeah, you mentioned he looks- Harvey didn't play. Yeah. Yep. Um, linebacker Wesley Besaint didn't play. He was a freshman. I think everyone was excited to see, but he was, you know, dealt, was dealing with an injury early in spring. So I would kind of assume kind of precautionary stuff there. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't see if you think, if you think Besaint has a, a chance to start at some point this year, that's like five potential starters who were not uh, playing on Saturday. So big, like incomplete plus that, you know, we know Miami still would like to add a, linebacker through the transfer portal so you know it's possible that the entire starting front seven um when miami plays texas a&m or front six uh-huh. uh, it's very possible none of those six guys the four defensive linemen plus the two traditional linebackers it's like there's a real distinct possibility that none of them were playing on saturday if you think moultrie and harrison hunt might be the starting defensive tackles agude and harvey are the defensive ends and Besaint and a transfer linebacker, like it's it's a big incomplete at at, defense, at front in the front seven after spring practice. It is, and you also have to worry about the guys like Besaint and Harvey. You know what exactly is wrong? I you know that's that to begin with was their biggest question mark. You know linebackers and uh, and and defensive line. You know what I mean? So um, you just you got to hope that whatever is whatever the situation is that it gets rectified uh, soon enough. Yeah. Um, one other thing we don't know is uh, who the number one wide receiver is going to be. It was like the first thing I think I put on our list of 10 questions we think might get answered on Saturday. Um, and I, you know, not that the wide receivers look bad, but we just didn't get that answer of who that number one guy is going to be. Right. We thought oh. maybe. Thought maybe it was going to be like Jacoby George was going to go off, or Keyshawn Smith was going to go off, or, or Xavier Restrepo was going to have eleven catches or something. Um, 
you know, it was pretty balanced between, you know, Jacoby George had the touchdown catch. I think Restrepo led the team in catches um, in the spring game. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, like Khalil Brantley had the longest catch. So it wasn't like we had any big plays. Uh, Frank Ladson, I think only had one catch um, and was targeted right. in the end zone and broken up. So like uh, Romello Brinson didn't play. I still think he's like a dark horse candidate to maybe be the number one wide receiver by the end of the year. But huh. um, yeah, I mean, Tyler going into the fall still feels like he doesn't know who this year's Charleston Rambo is going to be. I think Xavier Restrepo can be this year's Mike Harley, uh, but who can be that, that Charleston type thousand yard receiver? Um, that feels still just like a little bit more of a question mark. It does. And it has for years. Yeah. I mean, Rambo is an, an exception at Miami. Definitely not the rule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, we've had that question. Basically, every... between Amon Richards and. Yeah, uh, good point. Rambo, right? Other than that. Yeah, good point. Uh, we, we've always said, like, I, I do, <coughs> we say at the beginning of the season, you know, oh, this looks like the best receivers in however many years. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this year. Rambo was a, was a completely nice surprise. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, even at the beginning of last year, Rambo wasn't Rambo yet, right? He became Rambo as the year went on, got stronger pretty much every week. So, you know, Miami might go into week one and we still don't really know, but by the time ACC play starts uh, a month into the season, maybe Romello Brinson is fully healthy and all of a sudden like catching 30 yard passes every game. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a a work in progress there. But um, to me, it's like, it's one, it's kind of the biggest question they have on offense. I think going into the fall defense is low. I mean, we mentioned it, the front seven just riddled with question marks. Um, Cornerback is going to be a pretty open competition. It seems like Um, offense, you know, we know the quarterback, we know the running backs. We don't know who the running back is, but we know guys are going to play. You know, there's a couple spots up for grabs on the offensive line. Jalen rivers was running with the twos on saturday playing oh, yeah. but my hunch is that is just because he's been injured in the spring and um yeah give like justice Ola shown i think he was at left tack left guard a chance yeah, to, to do his thing you know there's probably one or two spots up for grabs on the o-line but but what the number one wide receiver and that the hierarchy of the wide receivers is i think the biggest question mark they have it at um on offense and it's not something you have to fill through the portal right you don't need to go get that number one guy i don't think although you know would never hurt to get a all-american wide receiver if you could um but i I think they like what they have on the roster it's just figuring out who's going to be tyler's guys yeah 100 percent on the on the receivers um we you know we still have to see we we still have to see them make those catches yeah no drops and but i i have a feeling like most teams in the spring game that there were drops. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a question with Miami because they're losing so much production and they've got to find the guys to fill the production that is the vacancies that, that Harley and Rambo leave behind. And, and the other question I still have, you you, you always seem more secure about this than I do or the running backs. That's all. I mean, I, I, would just love to see one running back really take charge. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think they have like an all American or, or first team all conference running back on the roster. Um, but I think they have four. Go- I, I, I kind of like the depth oh. they have there. Yeah. They have depth. I mean, I, yeah. 
Jalen Knighton has great hands. Yeah, and uh, he's like explosive. Like he's he's a weapon. Totally explosive. He's totally a weapon. I would love to, and, and and Thad's doing great. I would love to see one running back who sustains excellence throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah, that that you're right. That is a question. I think I just care less about that than you do. But yeah, that's a good that's a good. Well, I the thing mark. is, Josh Gaddish, Gaddish, Josh Gaddis is is you know he's definitely. I mean, people are going to be coming after Tyler Red Dyke. He's got to have a running game. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. Um, I would give you stuff to plug, but we're recording this so early in the week that who knows what the end of the week is going to hold. Um, well, there will, there will be a, a, a this comes out front. Well, there will, there will be a UM sports hall of fame. Oh, right. By this time it'll be over, but it's scheduled for Thursday night. And uh, if, if, you know, if all is well, I'll be heading there to that ceremony and um yeah and there'll be some other things happening too yeah um and baseball obviously i think i saw they dropped to five so actually didn't drop too far after losing two or three to to virginia tech um but obviously i keep saying we're going to check in on them at some point um obviously spring football has kept us preoccupied um but maybe next time they have a big series or something, maybe we'll, we'll come in. It's hard to do because these guys well, on Friday. I will be. Well, this is coming up Sunday. I, I will be again. If all else all goes well this week, I will be at the uh, I will be at the Sunday game against Pittsburgh, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the Sunday baseball game. Yeah. So uh, I will be there wrapping up the weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I was at the spring game, as we said. So you, we wrote a couple of stories off of that. And Susan, as we said, had a follow-up with talking about Jakari Brown. I also talked with new Miami commit Frankie Tinalau uh, from Australia about what, how, why he's playing football and what Miami likes about him, all that kind of stuff. Um, big, uh, right. big Mario Cristobal fan dating back to his days at Oregon and what he did with Penny Sewell. So uh, it was fun to talk to him at like 2 a.m. one morning. Like back from a hockey game <laughs> i guess it was like 1 a.m like 2 a.m his time or whatever but um, how's, his, how's, his his time. how's his accent it's australian is it is it does he sound kind of like uh you know lou headley like lou headley yeah he's gonna be right at home although lou headley i guess will be gone but uh, right yeah fun to, it was a fun one to fun to talk to him uh from overseas former rugby player uh other than that just covering hockey these days for the most part um, as the Panthers are getting ready for a playoff run. Um, also, obviously, NBA playoffs going on, so be sure to check out all that coverage from Anthony Chang and Barry Jackson and the, all, all of our Heat folk. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, thanks, as always, for listening this spring. Uh, not sure if we'll be back next week. We'll kind of play it by ear. Obviously, it gets a little quieter on the football side of things. Um, we got the draft coming up soon, though. So I guess we actually might have to do it next week as a draft preview. Um, it's really sneaking up on us. Um, but yes, it is. And I need to get some stuff done on that. Yeah. All right. Um, so thanks again, everyone, uh, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>